Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. It's the list in your boy at Fightful.com with Jimmy Van and Sean Rossap. They're on fire. Boom shakalaka. 200 strong. What's up, you guys? It is January 12th, 2022. This is the list in your boy, your weekly news show here at Fightful. And uh, by God, we have shows almost every day here on Fightful Select. On the Distraction Channel, we've got shows all day, every day at this point. Dropping interviews all the time. Zicky Dice, Leo Rush this week. But we got Jimmy Van here. Jimmy, we have a lot of news to get into. And uh, you, you, you've got a list, so to speak, uh, per usual. But if people want to get their questions in, their statements in, send a super chat here live on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Or you can go to HumperChats.com. And donate a Humper Chat. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, it'll get your question or statement read right on the air, and that lets us keep a little bit more of it. But either way, leave a thumbs up on this video. Share this video. It helps us an awful lot. Jimmy, what's going on? Hey, Sean Ross. Did you already do the Leo Rush interview? I did. Did you ask him about the Tony Khan tweet? It will not be appearing on the, the interview. That means you did, Sean Rossap. Okay, okay. That, that's well, about the extent of, in which I can get into it. Wasn't yeah. on AEW. Yeah. Uh, Leo gave a, a, a wonderful answer, but it will not be appearing in the interview, unfortunately. Cool. I'll talk to you off the air, and I'll record it on my phone. I'll post it on <laughs> .com by the end of the day. No, I won't do that. Uh, I, so I, I, just, just to clarify, because I know a lot of people take it out of context. Everybody I talked to was wonderful about it. Uh, it just can't make the interview. As per the the... 
the terms of procuring the interview, which was not through AEW. That's very fair. Yep. Yep. I, I will say this and Sean knows this and I'm not going to mention names, but we're looking at doing a story in the next issue of Fightful magazine. And I reached out to somebody connected to the story who happens to work for AEW. Uh, and they, to their credit, I guess said, let me just run it by Tony first. Mm -hmm. So they definitely wanted, want to, you know, mind their P's and Q's and that's totally cool. And I, I respect sure. that, you know, so um, well, I guess first and foremost, Fightful Magazine, today is January 12th. You've got until 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time tonight to get the free digital edition of this issue of Fightful Magazine. It's the January-February edition with Dan Housen on the cover. You've got until 11.59 Eastern tonight, basically midnight on January 13th, to get the free digital edition uh, for select subscribers. So if you're a FIFO Select subscriber, go to FIFOSelect.com. We have a post that explains how you can get it. Uh, and I hope everybody liked it. We had uh, quite a few people claim it. It seems like it's been a very positive reaction, I think, Sean. And those people are shitting on me to you, and I'm not aware of it. Otherwise, uh, it seems like it's been a positive reaction. You can also get the print version of this issue uh, at FightfulMag.com. And it turned out great again. We've got a uh, story of Minoru Suzuki. We've got the Wrestler's Tribune written by EC3. We did the debut of the Fighter's Tribune, uh, Tribune written by former UFC star Nate the Great Marquardt. Good issue again. Check it out at FIFAMeg.com. And like I said, you can get the free digital edition if you are a FIFA Select subscriber until midnight tonight. That in addition to daily news or breaking news every single day. We have podcasts every single day. Uh, Mondays, we have uh, my Backstage Report podcast where I talk about exclusive news for just 15 to 20 minutes. On Thursdays, I do a Q&A. Every Friday, I do a figure haul. I did a bonus one today because... I got to uh, hop off of here by 3.55, so I did an extra one to make up for List Goes On. Uh, my God, we have the Weekender podcast. We have two Sour Graps reviews every week. Uh, Rob and Maggie coexist. There's so much stuff. Now Rob is is uh, reviewing The Peacemaker on Fightful Select. Oh, amazing. Interesting. Did you see Cena's interview with um, Rich? I got tagged Tim? in it. Rich Eisen Show tagged me in it. Oh, they did. They did. Yeah. John, you know what? You know what I respect about John Cena? One of the things I respect about John Cena, because I respect a lot of things about him. He is, if I was Vince McMahon, right? He's the perfect guy to be the ambassador for WWE. He knows exactly what to say. He knows exactly how to say it. You'll never hear him say wrestling. He always says sports entertainment. He is the perfect guy, and when he was asked on that show, what do you think about all the releases? Man, did he answer that in a way that just doesn't – it's not going to piss off anybody the he way he answered that. said nothing for six minutes. Right. He said nothing. He said nothing. He said, ah, it used to be like that when I was younger. Twice a year they did releases. They just stopped for a while. Now they're doing it again. Now, he did say something about um, – I think they made a lot of defensive hires, he said. Yes. Talking about when they signed guys because of AEW. He said, I think they made a lot of defensive hires. But otherwise, he made like it's status quo. He made like, ah, they used to when I was younger. They're doing it again. Man, he's a great ambassador. That, that, that's why they have him doing stuff uh, to, uh, to represent WWE. He was good at that. Well, Jimmy, uh, there's another person you've said has often been a good ambassador for WWE. Uh, Corey Graves. I I said that uh -huh. I said he's a good uh -huh. and and in much less uh, kind terms. But uh, guys, get in your super chats, get in your humper chats. We greatly appreciate it. I did break a story on Fightful Select today about that, and I mean, 
We might as well talk about it. Might as well I, I, I said he was I said he was getting too big for his britches. That's what I said. But uh, so Sean told me about this today that Corey Graves is cleared to return to in ring. And when Sean told me, I said to him, I feel like I heard this somewhere. Uh, and he said, oh, he was on, on the Edge podcast. He talked about how Edge was motivating him to get back into the ring. Why don't you go ahead and Sean and tell us everything you've heard about Corey Graves. So uh, we reported this on FightfulSelect.com today. I'm not going to put every minute detail in there. Please subscribe and support what we do. Uh, I got word yesterday uh, of that, that Corey Graves is cleared. The person that told me said he's cleared. Now, what I was able to confirm specifically is he was taken off of a no contact list. There's a lot of people that don't even know about this no contact list, but I actually reported about this on Fightful Select last year. Uh, internally, to some people, there's a roster that's handed out. Has Babyface, Heel, Raw, SmackDown, Tag Teams, people who are out with injuries, and there's a no contact list. Corey Graves used to be on that no contact list. He is no longer on that no contact list. It would feature people that you would expect, like Paige, who obviously you can't touch her. She's got a pretty severe injury. And Scott Hall, who hasn't appeared in a physical role in years and years and years. But they're like, don't do it anyway. Uh, I was told that specifically that's how he was allowed to do the 24-7 title victory last year. Late last year in December, that featured like Reginald and Drake Maverick and then Byron Saxton rolling him up. And I even went back and watched it, Jimmy. I went back and watched it uh, after I got the news. First off, I want to say one thing. I constantly criticize bad roll-ups in AEW and WWE. Byron Saxton and Corey Graves did two of the best goddamn roll-ups and they never (laughs) wrestle. On the floor. On the floor. They put their weight on somebody's hips and shoulders. They both struggled (laughs) to get out of it, but didn't look, it was, it was amazing. Two guys who hadn't been in the ring for years and years and years. Mm. And uh, yeah, and Joel says, is Corey Graves thing the reason behind the eye emoji you posted on Twitter earlier? Yes, among other reasons. Um, but to me, that was a, a pretty interesting thing. I mean, we have seen now countless people sidelined from the ring for years come back. We've seen yep. Sting, Brian Danielson. Uh, we, we've seen Christian Edge. The Bellas are back now. After Nikki said, no, there's no way I can probably ever wrestle again. CM Punk is back, even though he wasn't sidelined with an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a pretty wild situation. And uh, I'm working to find out if he's gained like full in-ring contact clearance and all that stuff. But uh, his status has absolutely changed. And from what I understand, he has wanted it to change for quite a while. We've got more information on FightfulSelect.com. And you know I'm going to keep digging for more information. But if this is what the guy wants, that makes me very happy. There's a whole generation of people that know him only as a commentator and a broadcaster. There's some that might know him as a playable character on 2K15. But there's a whole lot of people that don't remember that he and Pac Neville were NXT tag champions. Or that he wrestled in the indies as uh, Sterling James Keenan. There were there was a whole lot of people. Yeah, and they covered his 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 forced retirement on the NXT documentary, yeah. which uh, you could probably still watch on Peacock. But the, you know, the one thing I'll be curious to know about him is is he is his mindset? I want to go back full time, or is his mindset? I'll I'll maintain my spot as a rock commentator, and then I'll kind of do that on the side because he's got a sweetheart deal. Oh, he's he's do he does really good too. He does it how WWE wants to do it. Yeah, but he still is so good that it shines through. 
and he's able to get his own stuff over, which is, I think, very, very important. And I feel like just as Pat McAvee has brought something special out of Michael Cole, I feel like Graves and Jimmy Smith are a really great tandem. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they really work well together. And uh, um, I, I respect, you know, Graves' ability to be a color commentator because we've heard about how difficult it could be. You got Vince screaming in your ear all the time. It could be tough. I think he's done a really good job. And uh, like I said, I'd like to know if his mentality is I'm going to, I'm going to maintain that gig and I'm going to do some wrestling on the side, or I want to go back full time because that's a great deal he's got going on. So that'll be, that'll be interesting. We have uh, a bunch of super chats and humper chats. Van Twinblade said not wrestling related, but what new ish songs are you guys listening to? I bet Jimmy's not listening to any new music. I bet he doesn't listen to music. No, you're wrong. So I, you're right. I don't listen to new music, except I will admit my wife kind of got me into the Dua Lipa uh, Elton John song. Okay. Cold Arter. So I like old stuff. And you, you're probably surprised to hear that. I like old stuff. And lately I've been listening to a lot of older Elton John stuff. And when I say okay. older, I'm talking Tiny Dancer. I'm talking Rocket Man. Old Elton John. It is excellent. And I'm a really big fan of live performances. So I'll check out Elton John's stuff from in concert. I think it's fantastic. We were in the car. We went to we went to visit my family on the weekend, and my wife's putting on Whitney Houston. I'm a massive fan of Whitney Houston. Like she was a once in a lifetime performer. So she's putting that on in the car. I like older stuff. Today's stuff, not so much. Uh, I've listened to some Vince Staples. Uh, if we're talking about newer stuff and stuff that came out like last year, um, yeah, that was that was probably my favorite of the year. Anakin says, Sean, any bets on what breaking news you'll get today live on the air? It's happened three weeks in a row now. Last night I was on uh, Demon Diva's birthday stream and I had to go because I got the MLW WWE lawsuit news. And in the last couple of weeks, I've gotten exclusive news. Uh, Tony Storm being released and then all the NXT cuts. Yep. Oh, what a mess. What a mess. And... It feels like the NXT cuts were three or four weeks ago at this point, Jimmy. A lot has happened. Yep. Well, let, we'll go to MLW next when you're ready. Are you ready or you got more Super Chats? Chris Rain says, love the magazine, claim the digital, and also ordered a print edition because I still like having a physical copy. Chris, my friend, that's what we love to hear. And uh, we have Daniel Rothenberg saying, hey, guys, a lot of people say AEW has a big roster or something like that. The free agent pool is pretty good. Who are some wrestlers AEW should sign? Um, off the top of my head, I think some of them they should sign, uh, whether they be from WWE or not. Uh, Jody Threat, Tony Storm, Ember Moon, Johnny Gargano, Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland. I think you need those six. I think those six would really, really help. Briscoes. Uh, any, Briscoes. Oh, yeah. Briscoes, obviously. Um, Briscoes and Gresham. That right off the top of my head, there's, there's nine. Um, yeah, I think those would be really good. So, uh, my God, let's talk about this MLWWDB thing. Well, you know what? To your credit, Sean, and, and you know what? When I put Sean over too much, and I'm afraid that he's going to get all cocky, but to your credit, Sean, you know, you broke this story in October. Uh, not about the lawsuit, but about September. the... September. Okay, so he broke the story in September that WWE had allegedly interfered with MLW's Tubi deal. Sean knew things he did not report at the time that have now come out in the suit. Uh, specifically related to Stephanie McMahon. And uh, and credit to you, because Sean told me at the time everything that he had heard, but because it was alleged, he didn't put it in the in the report. 
but now it's come out. I'm going to turn it over to you. So basically, uh, MLW, they filed an anti antitrust lawsuit against WWE. They're alleging, among other things, that WWE interfered with a streaming deal that they had with Tubi, which is owned by Fox. Uh, they're also alleging WWE interference with their relationships with Vice, which is uh, owned by A&E, uh, uh, at least partly owned by A&E, as well as Fight. So I'll turn it over to you, Sean. Uh, tell us everything you've heard. So I'll kind of start back in August because around then I got an email from MLW that said, hey, we have some embargoed info. We got a big piece of news that's coming out this week. And I learned it was a Tubi deal with MLW. And, you know, do I watch Tubi? No. Does anybody I know watch it? Not really. Don't really talk to people about Tubi, but you know, whatever, good for them. So a couple of days go by and I'm like, hey, MLW, what's what's going on here? Like, what's what's up with this Tubi deal? I thought you were supposed to announce that. We need to know when to run this. And um, they're like, just, just hold on, stand by. Some things need worked on. And I'm like, okay, a couple of weeks walk or go by. I ask again. I can't even remember if I got a response. Well, around then is when I started to work on a series of stories. And I started to work on a series of stories that I'm going to do with a variety of companies, Jimmy. Uh, this one was about WWE and the USA Network, WWE and Fox, and then WWE and individual streaming services. I dropped three of those on Select, then on Fightful.com. I encourage you guys to go back and check it out because I talked to dozens of people inside each of these respective companies. I got a lot of great details, it's like down to who Nick Khan and Vince were having dinner with. And in digging for this, I heard, well, the WWE and Fox thing had a bit of a hiccup as WWE nixed a deal with a third-party company. Well, I started to look around. I'm like, wait, they nixed the deal with a third-party company. What third-party company could that be? Well, seems like MLW was dragging their feet on announcing a Tubi deal. Gee, who owns Tubi? That'd be Fox. Put two and two together, ended up asking some people, got the got that same bit of information that um, was put in the, the lawsuit letter or, or, or the lawsuit statement uh, alleging that Stephanie McMahon specifically heard about this and uh, I don't know if she took it directly to Vince, but that was the word among people that I spoke to, I think at Fox at the time as well. And I asked MLW and MLW was very much like, uh, I don't think we can talk about this because we've got some stuff that's coming. And at that point, I was pretty sure MLW was going to file a lawsuit because otherwise, why the hell wouldn't they they give me a statement on why they dragged their foot on a deal that I knew was going to happen? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, well, yeah, that's that's um my god. Yeah, it was now I, I don't want to I want to say that that the Stephanie element of this is alleged, but it is something that I had heard as far back as September. Right, yeah, and, and this they are alleging it in their suit. I got a copy of their suit in front of me, and they're alleging that Stephanie pressured Tubi and Fox executives to not allow MLW to air because it was going to air head to head with NXT. Uh, and so that was kind of the reason. And then there's the allegation that Vince interfered with their relationship with vice because a a and e um has ownership stake in vice uh and then the fight tv thing as well i mean the only thing i'll say is this this could be an uphill battle for mlw uh obviously we know wwe's got a lot of money and you know how it works in this world you try to delay 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 because then you're forcing the other side to keep spending money and uh that might be the route they go down but at the same time if you're court bauer if you do nothing now you're setting the precedence and telling WWE that they could do whatever the hell they want and get away with yes. it. Yes. 
So I understand why MLW is doing it to send the message. You can't fuck with us because, you know, there's going to be repercussions if you do. Whether they win is going to be another story, but I understand why they did it. Yeah, and um, I think that applies to a lot of things in life. You can't let people know that you're going to be walked all over or else everybody will think that you can be walked all over. And, I mean, this is this is something that, that you and I even discussed on the air years ago. Yep. MLW had WWE that contacting their stars while under contract. And then MLW had to be like, uh, we're going to sue you if you don't stop doing this. Yep. Like, we know that you can offer a lot better than what we can, but that's not how this works. And this, this, I mean, MLW and WWE have went back and forth. I mean, MLW had registered the, the War Games trademark at one remember. point, if you remember. Yeah. And... I even asked MLW for a comment on that for my War Games feature, Inside War Games, a while back. And they're like, we'd rather not. We'd rather not talk about how that went down. Yeah, well, they sold the rights, didn't they? Uh, I I asked specifically. I think that's the... the, the I think that's the, the popular word. I just don't know if it's been on the record yet. Right, okay, okay. Well, uh, a side note regarding this, and I want to mention this because sometimes people, especially if you don't understand the legal system or whatever, you know, you, you can get caught uh, in, in matters. So Joey Donella posted something on Twitter regarding this. Put up Media One Camillo. Uh, he says at the top of this, this dude referring to MLW has no GCW written into their new contracts because I called them out for taking advantage of young talent. Hope the Titan puts them out. The reason I wanted to show this is I just wanted to explain this is a completely different situation. Yes. This is about what, pay. It's about pay, but he's also talking about contracts. I know and the, the contracts, contracts and, and the pay associated with them because it's, it's widely known within the industry. MLW does not pay an awful lot. It is also widely known within the industry that if you end up on MLW TV, you are very much on the radar of a lot of companies because I mean, you, you remember what it was like, Jimmy. You breathed on television for a wrestling company, and WWE was coming after you. They right. went after the Beer City Bruiser at one point. Beer City Bruiser does not look like a WWE star. <laughs> it is in his 40s, and they they hit him up and a- asked to talk with him. Like, that's just not, not, and I like the Beer City Bruiser, but it's not like anybody they were after. And that's just what they were doing at the time. Yeah. And since. Even since then, MLW contracts have evolved to the point to where they had to specifically add no AEW. Because if you remember, Pentagon, Phoenix, Tony Schiavone, MJF, countless others, Darby Allen, I believe, were all working uh, AEW under MLW contract because that wasn't explicitly stated. Mm-hmm. Now GCW is the same, uh, but or, or allegedly the same, although some MLW people are just like, we don't care, we're going to do it anyway. But it's yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't blame MLW for that, and 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 again, like I think for for Janela to kind of use that almost like a reason for why they shouldn't be doing this antitrust. Like they're just completely separate situations. But yes. uh, we'll see where it goes. I don't know. We, I we do have some questions. Uh, yeah. JW Pringle says, "Do you think WWE opening the Forbidden Door has anything to do with the MLW lawsuit?" Um, no. I know MLW thinks so, but I don't. And I no. don't think that the forbidden door being opened is nearly as big as of right now as everybody is implying. Mickey James is a free agent. Just the, it is the same. Okay. To some degree it is the same as a Michelle McCool or anybody else. She just happens to be the impact knockouts champion. I think if she didn't have that championship and didn't wrestle for impact, they would have just reached out to her. However, 
I do know that a part of that deal, as reported on FightfulSelect.com, was that they mentioned the Impact title because the Impact title was listed on the script, Jimmy, with question marks around each side of it. Now, this is me assuming. That made me think that like that's what queued up Pat McAfee to go, the Impact Knockouts champion? <laughs> type of thing <laughs> almost like uh almost like uh anchorman you know yes. make sure we put in the teleprompter because he will read it yeah no yes. i i have forbidden door on my list because it's this is being blown out of proportion on the internet the forbidden so door is not open as of WWE. now as of now i think it's blown out of proportion absolutely there is so people got to remember and and i understand that some people are maybe relatively new fans WWE, this is rumble season. WWE used to every single year bring in people that were not contracted and put them in the rumble. They did it every year. Carlos Colon was in it one year. They had people from all Japan one year. Every year they used to do this. Doug and Gilbert one year. Doug, right. The Rock and Roll Express, I think, yeah. might have been in now it. That, one that year. was that was a bit different, but to me and and uh, okay, so Terry or Trey Sherman says, have you heard of any Forbidden Door wrestlers being contacted for the Rumble other than the obvious choice of Jericho? Uh, no, I've no not, chance. So I've not heard that. But if Jericho was in it or anybody under AEW contract or anybody under a full-time contract to Impact or AEW or New Japan, mm -hmm. then I would be like, this is a big deal. If it's somebody who's under a part-time deal or or is a free agent and has that ability i don't think it's as big of a deal it's right. still uh, it's still a change sure i just don't think it's forbidden doors open yeah i don't think so at all i mean i mean you know back in the day you know the the nwa tag titles were defended on raw back in the day like i i don't think it's anything i it's the royal rumble they need 30 competitors they thought you know mickey james is a veteran she's been in the rumble before because they're going to have a lot of new girls in this that have never never participated yes. mickey james is a veteran she knows what she's doing in there like you said she's a, she's technically a free agent that's why she's in there there is no forbidden door and that's why it's being so blown out of proportion and i i saw that russell votes reported that wwe is supposedly open to the idea of having an unexpected forbidden door entrant in the men's Royal Rumble. But just as you said, Sean, if people actually believe, oh, Kenny Omega is going to be in the Royal Rumble, zero chance. Well, that'd be impressive for a number of reasons. I believe right, he just had right. surgery. I knew you are going to say that. Okay, fine, fine. Hangman Page is going to be in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Zero chance. Zero. Uh, Daniel says, if Brian Danielson re-signed with WWE, would the door have opened? Uh, I'm working on a story about that, about what people really thought about that situation, but... I don't think it was close to happening. And Cher Delaware says the Bellas said they were shocked to be announced already, but they get it from the marketing aspect. Mickey and Nikki would both be pretty big surprises. I think they have more to come. Yes, I, I completely agree with this, Hannah. Um, they still got 11 spots open, Jimmy. Yeah, so, and ton of the men's, ton of the men's yeah, spots. Ton, ton in the men's. Yeah. And I want to discuss one of the people that I think should be in it. Oh, because I was so happy about it. Josh Cardenas says, SRS and Jimmy, a wrestler with narcolepsy? Discuss. Wendy Chu debuted on NXT last night. For those of you who don't know and don't watch NXT, it is the former Mei Ying of her Tian Sha, who had like, I started to notice about a month and a half ago that she was asleep in the background of a lot of things where like they didn't even want you to see. Then it became more overt. Now she's got a very Orange Cassidy-ish vibe 
and really, really good offense. I liked Karen Q before WWE. I liked her in ROH. I love it. As far as NXT goes, this fits. For the Royal Rumble, I think it it's great. I'm working on an 8,000-word article about how the Royal Rumble is a variety show, and I think she would be a really good one. Is there anybody that you think they should add? In terms of like a unique character like that? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Also, I think they should put Big Swole in there as a little poke to aid. That him. would be very interesting if they did that. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think back to say when Mick Foley was all three characters in the same rumble. JoJo agrees with me, by the way. And I think it'd be a nice poke at AEW while right. putting over uh, Big Swole. Interesting. Interesting. Can you think of any characters over the last couple of years who were very well known over a short period of time for having multiple characters like Mick Foley when he was Mankind and Cactus Jack and Dude Love. Can you think of anybody known for having a variety of characters over a short period of time? And like from a female perspective or a male or female, male or female. Hmm. Cause that would be an obvious one. Like they did back then have them come out as one gets eliminated, comes back in as the next gets eliminated, comes back in as the next or whatever the case may be. I see, like, I'm on the spot now, so... Yeah, I know, because you really got to think about it. I know. Because, yeah. I mean, honestly, Wendy Chu as as Mei Ying uh, would have been good. I, also, they got to have her sleeping in that goddamn throne at some point. They, they've they pretty much relegated it to an interview chair for... So are you, we... su- are you suggesting something like somebody Irish whips her and then she just falls to the mat asleep? Like, are you suggesting something like that? Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't know. She if was asleep in the corner, waiting for the tag. Like she was up in the corner, like it was a cot, sleeping across the ropes. It was so good. I feel like there was a comedy where there was a character that that was always happening where they were falling asleep. I'd yeah. have to really think about it. I feel like there was Tom a comedy Brady where that says happened. Sandow comes out as Mizdow. Uh, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend. People are saying Alexa Bliss. I kind of. They're working on getting her out of it. You can tell what they're doing. Yeah, kind of. Um, any word on Bailey being in the being ready by the Rumble? I haven't heard anything. Um, I keep I keep asking. They're not going to tell me. They're not going to tell me if if she's ready. You saw her uh, comment to Sasha, yeah? No. You know how Sasha was in the opening of that football game? Yes. And Bailey posted a comment and said something to the effect of, "Damn it, you're wearing my Rumble gear." That's funny. Yeah. Tom Brady says Sandow comes out as Ms. Dow. It'd be kind of funny. CM says having Jeff Hardy and Willow both in the Rumble would have been fun. Listen, I love Jeff Hardy. I thought Willow sucked. I hated that gimmick. I hated it. And it he was, never... was into it. I mean, Impact was going to do whatever he wanted. Yeah, and they should have. Impact yeah. absolutely should have let her do whatever he wanted. Right. I just think there's so much. I, I just like the Jeff Hardy character anyway. Right. Right. Um, right. Joel Wood says, have Alexa come out as a dark character, gets eliminated, and she comes back as the goddess. I mean, they could do it. Um, I think it'd be appropriate for the Royal Rumble. Um, they could make that work. Michael Sanders says, Papa Shango, the godfather, and Kama. They should have done this at one point, but they won't now. You know what? They could always have Nikki Cross as, because I, I assume she's going to become a supervillain. So they could have Nikki Cross, the supervillain, and then Nikki Cross, the, deg- the the deranged sanity person. I mean, they could. Yeah. Huh. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but... Uh... Well, while you're thinking, let, let's move to a fun little side story before we get to the NXT topic. Uh, because people might might find this interesting. So MJF, good old MJF. He did an autograph, uh, autograph signing recently in Albany, New York. 
And as Sean knows, I've got friends in that world, in the sports memorabilia world. And so one of them sent me pictures of some of the items that MJF autographed. And I wanted to show a couple of these. I put up media too, Camilla. Classic MJF, Sean Rossap. What else? <laughs> <laughs> and put up media three, Camillo. Classic MJF again on the left there. And here, here is an important note, Sean. And, and if MJF ever sees this, he should pat himself on the back for this. So my friend that sent me these pictures is a longtime wrestling fan who is not a fan now. So they, they got out of, out of uh, fandom, just like a lot of people have. And this is something that they texted me because they were part of the MGF signing. They said, I'm so out of the loop, but I love this. That's what they said. And so they were asking me all about him. Like, who is he and what's he doing? Yeah. And is he like this on TV? And that's exactly that. MGF should be proud of that, that you basically took a former fan and you made them interested in, in what you're doing. So I love it. I love yep. it. Yep. Share Delaware says Big E Langston's last name gets eliminated, so he comes out as Big E. And uh, we've got somebody saying, why does the Hurt business have to keep dying? I mean, I hate it. It, it was stupid. Yep. But it was such a loose, stupid affiliation at this point that it was almost pointless to even do it. It was to give a, a short-term story. Lashley never acknowledged them when they when they supposedly yeah. returned. Like, they never had a... The, the three of them were never in the ring together after they supposedly yeah. got back together. So... It's unfortunate, but Lashley and Brock, I love it. I love it. We want to see it forever. Kieran George says, late to the show. I know this isn't an MMA show, but what are your thoughts on Masvidal Covington? I think Covington's going to beat his ass, to be honest with you. I think like, so, too. Real bad. I think Covington's, uh, the volume of striking is very high from Covington, but his wrestling is going to overwhelm Masvidal. I agree. I, I think Covington's going to win. I feel bad for both of them. If I'm Kamaru Usman, Sean, if I'm Kamaru Usman, I'm sitting front row center with a crown on my head. Yeah. And I'm laughing at those two guys because he beat both their asses on multiple occasions. They so, didn't they didn't have the championship performance. They've taken a few L's in a row. Maybe their confidence is low. They're looking to rebuild it, Jimmy. <laughs> and they? what better way to do that than to get your penis erect with bluechew.com and the code fightful. That's right. Bluechew.com and the code fightful. It's not about just having a problem. It's about having that confidence. It's about making sure that performance is good. Wouldn't you want a sure thing? Blue Chew is a sure thing. Prepared and shipped direct. You don't have to wait in line at the doctor's office, wait in line at the pharmacy, because you take their online questionnaire, and if you qualify, Blue Chew comes straight to you in a discreet package. Discretion is important. Blue Chew knows that. It's got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And you want to know that, that that they work. That way, you can work too, buddy. Bluechew.com and the code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. Only pay $5 <laughs> shipping. I could tell you weren't done. I could tell like there was still stuff going on in there. Yeah. So I was waiting for the gears to stop turning. I want to talk about the self-destruction of NXT, but first I want to ask you a question. Yeah. PW Insider reports that NXT Creative no longer is operating independently of WWE and that NXT Creative now reports directly to Bruce Pritchard and Christine Luprano, similar to how Raw and SmackDown operate. My question for you is, have you heard about that? And is that accurate? Uh, I'm still working on it. Uh, Bruce like wasn't there yesterday. So that wasn't, if he was supposed to be there, he wasn't. I don't know uh, how that necessarily works, but hear those sirens? I do. 
I got to get the hell out of this neighborhood, Jimmy. It's dangerous. It's I didn't dangerous. even I didn't even know that like a vehicle that large would exist. Where's my di- Where's my dividend, Jimmy? I got to get out of this place. <laughs> got to get out of this place. But um, Bruce Pritchard, if he maybe maybe they do it all via phone, that'd make an awful lot of sense, you know. But uh, he wasn't there yesterday. But what are your thoughts on that idea of of, of NST Creative reporting to those two? Seems bad. Seems bad. <laughs> <laughs> not an idea I would make. Not uh, ideal. Sure. Not ideal. I yeah. I just know, like, even though he wasn't around, like, so between all the the Bella's stuff, like, I wish you would have died in the womb is such like a Vince Pritchard line. You remember when they did that when they had the Nikki Bella Brie Bella feud, and one of them said, "I wish you would have died in the womb." Yeah, vaguely, vaguely. And uh, like that that is such like a Vince Pritchard line even though Pritchard wasn't around for it, and I don't mm. want to like shit on him for it. I just know we're going to see more of that eventually. Goody. Well, um, let's talk about the self-destruction of NXT, because like you said earlier, it was last Wednesday on this podcast that word started trickling in about NXT releases. And everybody knows now, they ended up parting ways with you know the Road Dog and uh, William Regal and Ryan Katz and Samoa Joe and a bunch of other people. Myself and others looked at that. Matter of fact, I think I, I even mentioned it on the air last week. These were very clearly Triple H people. Like very clearly, you know, Road Dog and William Regal and Ryan Katz. These were very clearly Triple H people. And when that happened, I, I, I wondered, you know, I wonder if Shawn Michaels' current position is going to be more permanent than maybe even he even thinks. Um, my first question for you is, you know, you look back to where NXT used to be. 2015 takeover Brooklyn, they sold out like 16,000 people. They had uh, Sasha and Bailey in the co-main. They had Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. One year later, Brooklyn too. Do you remember the whole crowd singing Shinsuke Nakamura's music? Yeah. As he's going to the ring to face Samoa Joe. Even in 2018, war games in LA, they still drew like 14,000 people to Staples Center. Like they were still fairly hot in 2018, but it was when AEW came along. And they decided to to put NXT head-to-head on USA against them where things started to fall off the rails. My first question for you is, at that time, when AEW launched on Dy- with Dynamite on Wednesdays and NXT moved head-to-head on USA, did you talk to anybody involved with NXT or WWE, whether it be wrestlers or officials, uh, about that impending battle? Because it feels to me like WWE thought very naively that they were going to kick their asses and that it was going to be done with quickly. Did you talk to anybody at the time and what was the feeling at the time? Um, I, within WWE or NXT, um, they, most people in NXT thought it was not a great idea, but they were just happy to be on cable. And a lot of those people got new deals. It is so the, the feeling was optimism initially because all the new deals or the new deals offered. And then they were kind of like pretty, pretty quickly. It was like, uh, Okay. And then they led right into the pandemic like four months later. So by then, by the time like four or five months were in, it was pretty clear, well, NXT isn't going to win this. Then the pandemic hit and a lot of people were bummed out for that. Then their performance center was turned into and ravaged, quite frankly, by the main roster and, and running shows there. So there, it, it was the beginning of the end from a morale perspective, I think. There were a whole lot of people that, that weren't happy about the COVID protocols and all kinds of stuff. The The morale in NXT from two years ago to this point 
like that was the drop off point was a couple months after right around the time that 2020 started to happen. Mm -hmm. That's when I started to notice that a lot of people were like, ah, this is different now. Well, I want to talk about the Nick Khan Triple H dynamic because you, you think years back, years back, Hunter was perceived to be the heir apparent to Vince McMahon. Everybody talked about how Hunter and Stephanie were going to be the heir apparent to Vince and that they were going to take over for him. Then in August of 2020, Nick Khan is hired as the president. And everybody believes, given his background and stuff, that he's there to increase profits and to set them up for a sale. Like that's that's just the belief that every, everybody had with Nick Khan. So then, you know, they start doing all these releases and Nick Khan starts getting more power. And maybe even more importantly, he became more of the public voice of WWE because he was the guy that was doing the interviews. So he became more of a public voice with WWE. Then, you know, the end of March of last year, NXT moves to Tuesdays. And the belief was that TNT or uh, USA did that in large part because they wanted to open up Wednesday because they were hoping to resign the NHL. But the public oh. perception was yeah, that AEW beat them. Yes, and, and they did. But I reported uh, last year that USA had already been looking at moving that show to Tuesdays. Right. Among other reasons, why would they care? about this AEW show. Why right. why would they give a damn? Right. Well, as it turns out, being head to head with AEW may have actually helped them. It might have helped with the channel flipping aspect of things because people were already there watching wrestling. But I know at that point USA was like, "Man, we don't really care about this little war <laughs> that you're right. doing." Right. And they they wanted it on Tuesdays. Now that didn't happen for a long time, but I was told like last year or not last year, 2020, that they were already open to moving that. Right, exactly. Well, the public perception was that AEW won. And then right after that, that's when the stripping down started. And then after that, you know, Hunter has the uh, the cardiac event. He goes on hiatus. He, ha he still has it returned. And when you look, you know, on the outside looking in, you can see a difference in, philosoph in philosophy. Because Hunter's mentality was that he wanted to mix a talent. He wanted the veterans and he wanted to combine them with the, with the trainees and the newcomers. And then Nick Khan, it looks like, and he even said it in the Ariel Hawani interview, he wasn't really looking for those veteran indie stars. He wanted college athletes uh, and new trainees. And he wanted that to be the focus. You could see that there was a change in philosophy. Where do you think things stand now? in terms of the hierarchy and, and, you know, especially now that we've seen Hunter's guys get released from, from NXT, where do you think things stand in, in terms of the hierarchy? Do you think that it's overblown? Do you think that Hunter is, is as plugged in and happy as ever? Like, where do you think uh, things stand with everything? I don't think he's as plugged in as ever. I don't think he's as happy as ever. Again, I, I just want to specify, I can't speak for these people, but I see it as Vince McMahon, Nick Khan, Kevin Dunn, right underneath him uh probably bruce pritchard up near high there stephanie and triple h and johnny ace and johnny ace helps make a lot of those decisions as well uh, but i don't know if or how much triple h even has to do with anything anymore but i know that there are some things like nick khan was open to some things and vince McMahon vetoed it like nope not doing that then there are some things that I know that, uh, that Nick Khan pushed for, like the, the day one show that mm -hmm. impressed a lot of people and now has them looking into what other unconventional days should we be running pay-per-views? Cause that was a massive success. Mm -hmm. They sold out the, the place for it. And it's not a date they would have ever ran before. Mm -hmm. um, 
Andrew says, what changed since Khan's interview with Ariel stating everything that's happened right now, including Triple H being involved prominently? I don't believe that was ever going to be the case. I think NXT 2.0 happened. I think it happened very quickly. Braun Breaker told me he didn't even learn that he was going to debut until the day before. But I mean, you want to see how, how much it's changed. Triple H, two months before that interview that Nick Khan did, said on a conference call that I was on, William Regal will be here as long as William Regal wants to be here. Well, yeah. now William Regal's not there, and I don't get the feeling that he necessarily wanted to leave, or else he would have like Scotty Too Hotty did. Boy, that's a guy that looks smart right now. Scotty Too Hotty, who hit yeah. the bricks and now has a has a blossoming indie career. Man. Yeah, and the thing is, Samojo was another one. When he was released the first time, Hunter like texted him that same day, and it sure came off like Hunter had no clue. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it it definitely feels like he's really out of the loop on everything. And and here's a follow up question: How much do you think Hunter even cares at this point? And and let me tell you where I'm going with it. So you know, Shawn Michaels he did the interview with Denise Salcedo, uh, and he said that Hunter was enjoying his downtime and his freedom, and kind of you know realizing that uh, it's not so bad to to have that time off. And then on the other side of the coin, over the last two years since May of 2020. Hunter has sold most of his shares yeah. in WWE. He sold since May of 2020, he sold $5.5 million worth of stock. And the last I looked, he currently owns around $3.5 million worth about 67,500 shares of WWE stock, but he sold most of it. Yeah. So I, I curious, you know, maybe he's just kind of in the next phase of his life. He may, I don't know. And so long as him and Stephanie are okay, Stephanie still owns almost 2 million shares, Sean. Like she owns almost a hundred million dollars worth of stock. So they're not exactly going to be on the street. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm curious, does he even care? And, and you know what? People are going to spin the numbers. They're going to say, oh, he sold almost all his stock. He's done. He's gone. All these memes about Hunter's going to AEW. Yeah. None of, none of that is going to happen. But I do question if Hunter is fine with where things are because of where he is in his life. Like, I'm, I'm curious about that, you know? Guys, a reminder, get in your Super Chats. Get in your Humper Chats. We already have several, uh, some of which have to do with this some of this don't daniel r says why did they never put thatcher with imperium uh i don't think they, i don't think they ever really had a vision for timothy thatcher what i was told while while i got off of this show jimmy and i was on the phone with wwe i said are these talent cuts and they said no these cuts are not on the talent side but hideki suzuki who was in diamond mind and didn't yep. wrestle Timothy Thatcher, Danny Burch, Samoa Joe were all cut. What that told me was they were not viewed as in-ring talent anymore and wouldn't be. Right. That's what right. that told me. Throwback says Moose versus Roman or Lesnar would be awesome. Uh, I just think that WWE will wait until his deal's up and then sign Moose if they want him that much. They they won't try to co-promote. Like, you know, I, I understand, you know, the wrestling fans want to want to come up with dream matches. Like, I get that. I really think that you've got to understand the situation. We're talking Royal Rumble match. They might have a non-contracted guy in the Royal Rumble match. They're not going to do Roman Reigns against a non-contracted guy. They're just not. Yeah, It's just not going to happen. So not not that I want to be a, a, a downer to people that are like envisioning these dream matches. It's not going to happen. They might have a guy in the Rumble match. That is it. That's all they're going to do. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But 
the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Daniel Rothenberg says, hey, Sean and Jimmy, wondering how you would improve the SmackDown women's roster. Have Aaliyah, Shotzi, uh, or, and Zia Lee doing dark matches while Charlotte's in the Rumble and waiting for Sasha to get healthy. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, I think a big part of improving that division is stop fucking firing everyone. It's true. That it's would true. generally help, I think. I like Aaliyah a lot. I like Aaliyah a lot. She's She's got the aesthetic that I think, you know, that the company would like. It's the same thing where nobody ever gets opportunity. It's like they're they're just kind of pigeonholed and they just kind of they just see Charlotte and whoever Charlotte's next opponent's going to be. That's really all it looks to be on the SmackDown brand. So, in terms of answering your question, what can they do? They just have to give more people opportunity. I'm able says, "Do you think WWE are adding talent from other companies because of the lawsuit?" Uh, we addressed this earlier, but no, I as of now, no. If if that changes at the Royal Rumble and we see something significant, I think quite possibly, but um, I don't. I don't know that there's any long-term major gain. I think WWE or, or these companies would probably benefit from WWE losing a lawsuit like this more than they would from the wrestler appearing in the Royal Rumble. I will say this: So, are you familiar with the concept of a taxi squad in sports? Yeah, due, due to COVID, yeah, of course. So, if I'm Vince McMahon. And you're going to have 30 women in the, the women's rumble. You're going to have 30 men in the men's rumble. Plus, you're going to have all those singles matches. And Omicron is such a contagious variant. They do. They do have some taxi squad names. Okay, mind. good. Because I would. And if that means that you've got to have some non-contracted talent on the bench in case they're needed. And so what? you got to pay them their, their payday uh, and not use them. So what? I would definitely have that. Because you never know the day of the show. You've got 12 positives because you got so much talent there. And now you got to have uh, backup guys. So I would absolutely do that. Throwback says, thank you for making my day fun. AJ and Grayson Waller was fun. I've not yet watched NXT. I have uh, another M. Outside of the, the Wendy Chu stuff I wanted to check out. Uh, Dennis Dirty Work said, maybe Wendy Chu is the NXT writers looking at Orange Cassidy and saying, sure, we can do that too. Uh, if they did, 
then good because I have confidence in the performer. I know that uh, WWE or NXT specifically, Triple H and Shawn Michaels loved Boa, uh, Mei Ying, and Xia Li. They loved him to the point to where throughout all the cuts, and Karen Q's been there for five years now, they didn't get rid of her. They got her a new gimmick. They called mm-hmm. up Zia Lee and they said, Boa, you can just do the damn thing yourself. How about that? So they're, they're looked upon fondly. I mean, if they're going to use the narcolepsy thing, they should definitely have the sleeper be her finisher, and then she falls asleep when she applies it. To somebody else? To somebody like else. Yeah. yeah. Michael Branson says, well, we all want Triple H to start a new promotion. What do you two think the odds of him starting a wrestling school instead are? There are... <sighs> If it's not connected to a company, there's no money in it. And, and there's no major money in it. He could make more money existing. Yeah, there's zero chance that he's going to do a school not affiliated with WWE. Zero chance. Just not going to happen. He wasn't there like coaching people anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah Dante V happen. says, Kevin Owens gets eliminated and comes back as former New, Ma- New Day member, Big O. Or as, as I... Called him Big O Wankston, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about El Generico? That would be great. They could do that. A fraction of people would get it, but, but I would love it. it'd be funny. Yeah, it would be funny. great. Yeah, yeah. It would be great. Get, yeah. Daniel Rothenberg said, hey, Sean, on Saturday, I said something about how AEW has too many rematches. Sheeta Deeb 4. People said that Sheeta and Deeb are great. I just think AEW is going into too many rematches. If they want to do a fourth match, uh, add stakes. What are your thoughts? Uh, I've said this time and time again. I think AEW is leaning too much into rematches. I will give AEW more credit than WWE, though, because usually when AEW does it, there is a reason. And I hear you saying adding stakes, but ultimately every single AEW match does have stakes because the records matter. And we are told that the records matter over and over again. We're given win-loss records and rankings that I don't pay attention to. But that's why I'm. people are like, oh, you, you don't mention that. Well, first off, I do mention the rematches, but... When you tell us that winning matches matters, it matters. That's why MJF losing by DQ last week mattered. The records reset, and he lost his first match via DQ. I think that that's uh, very important, but I agree. I would lean now to rematches. Alicia says, thoughts on Johnny Gargano and his T-shirt only being available with two weeks with AEW going to Cleveland in two weeks. Well, I think he's a very smart guy, and he understands what he's doing, but I don't think that... <laughs> That has anything to do with anything because AEW works with pro wrestling tees. If they don't outright own it at this point, right? Um, they work with them. So shot kid 29 says bit behind, but if on your idea of swollen the rumble, I don't think that would happen because Swole seems smart enough to see through WWE's intentions. Maybe, but I mean, her husband works there. Uh, maybe it's, it's about what her intentions are and what she wants to do. Maybe she wants to do it. She's it could just there be one before. off pay too. It could be one off she, payday. Which she has done before. Mm-hmm. Like one of our first episodes of enhancement stories was Big Swole talking about her match with Nia Jax and talking about how she had to give her a little bit of a receipt. Right. Oh, Jimmy, what do you got? We got, I got about two, three minutes left before I got to hop over onto Quizzle Mania. Um, I couldn't decide if I want to talk about the whole Ring of Honor Impact Forbidden Door thing or talk about AEW on Saturdays. I think we'll do AEW on Saturdays because the the Impact Ring of Honor Forbidden Door thing, it's not really a forbidden door. These are free agent talent that I guess Sinclair is allowing them to use the Ring of Honor name. Otherwise, it's not a forbidden door. They're not Ring of Honor contracted. Uh, It's just a storyline. So we'll talk about the AEW thing. So I saw some chatter on social media about should AEW Rampage move to Saturdays? 
And the reason this came up is because AEW now, they've done a few Saturday specials. They just did Battle of the Belts last weekend. Battle of the Belts did 704,000 viewers with a 0.27 rating in the 1849 demo. Meanwhile, by comparison, Rampage the night before did 588,000 viewers and a 0.24 uh, demo. Uh, rating in the demo, meaning that uh, on Saturday they did more viewers and they did uh, a better rating in the in the 18 to 49 demo. But here's the thing that people got to understand. On Saturday, they were in an eight o'clock time slot, which is prime time. On Friday nights, they're on at 10 o'clock, which is absolutely not prime time. And uh, thanks to the Meg for this, TNT in that time slot on Saturdays uh, over the last year, they've been averaging 800,000 viewers doing mostly movie reruns, meaning that they're doing more viewership than what Battle of the Belts did, probably cheaper, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, do I think that they're going to move to Saturdays? No. No. Maybe uh, maybe at 6.05 would be a good touch. Maybe. But... They could keep doing specials from time to time. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to go weekly at 8 o'clock on Saturday. I don't think that makes sense for TNT. And I think TNT owns a lot of those movies that they run. They're not even having to do licensing fees for a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't disagree with that at all. I'm not not much of a, a ratings numbers guy. I, I get happy when I see a nice one and get bummed out when I see a bad one. <laughs> well, that's about the extent of it. There you go. Oh, there is no list goes on today. I have a bonus figure haul, though. But FightfulSelect.com, guys, I would greatly appreciate it if you guys supported and I know I don't push this a lot, but uh, my God, we have a, a great clips channel, youtube.com slash Fightful Scraps. Also, uh, the distraction, youtube.com slash Fightful Distraction, and uh, I twitch at Fightful Gaming. Guys, I want to thank you all so much. Let me make sure we don't have any more Super Chats, Humper Chats. We don't. Anything else you got, Jimmy? Uh, Denise Salcedo, you're wrong. Nikki Cross was definitely the heel in that segment with <laughs> yeah. Rhea Ripley. And Sean Ross Sapp, I don't know why you were so triggered by Alpha Academy winning the tag team titles, but I personally was a big fan of seeing them win. I've been putting them over for oh, months. I like them as a team. I like they them as a team. They are just, an excellent tag team. I, I, excellent I was not team. a fan of them losing three singles matches and every tag match before last week. Yeah, I understand that. I, I try to look at it like the whole Matt Sarah, George St. Pierre thing, kind of. But mm -hmm. uh, but I understand. But I I personally I love Alpha Academy. They're they're uh, the New Age Heart Foundation. Sure, I love them as a tag team, and I'm glad to see them get an opportunity. Guys, thank you all so much. Until next time, we're out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.